0: This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Comixology. Are you tired of your favorite movies getting pushed back again and again and again and being stuck inside and not being able to do anything or go see anything fun? Check out Comixology.com. Read all the stories that all of these movies are based on and get in the know. Comixology.com. Sign up for a free Comixology Unlimited trial and you can read everything. You can read The Boys. You can read Lock and Key. You can read Batman. You can read whatever you want. Visit slash comicsology to sign up today. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 245, six, five, 265.
1: I was about
0: to say, wow, we went <laughs> back in time for a minute. I'm doing a Joe Biden thing there. I'm like, anyway, uh, what's the tragedy, Grogu? What's the tragedy? So we have a very spoiler-heavy episode today. We are talking about um, The Expanse. We are talking about The Mandalorian, obviously. And then we have a, a metric ton. Truck ton. Truck ton of uh, news bites because... There's a ton of so. There's a ton of stuff that happened this week, um, and this is just a, a, a scratching of the sur- surface. And we're not like we're not going to talk about Elliot Page. We're not talking about some of the other stuff, but this is the stuff we found interesting. So, uh, uh yeah, it,
1: right. And yeah. and there were a couple things. You know, again, well, not a couple, but there were quite a few things we left off.
0: Yeah. So
1: the, I, I would say the one. Big thing that, well, quote-unquote, I'm i doing the quotes. Air quotes, the, yeah. The air quote big thing was Oscar Isaac signed on as Solid Snake with Metal Gear Solid.
0: See, that didn't even interest me.
1: Yeah. See I, I mean, mean, I
0: love Oscar Isaac.
1: Yeah, I'm I, a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Yeah,
0: I played it on NES.
1: Yeah, that's the original Metal yeah, this, Gear. I've Just never, Metal yeah, I've, that's the
0: only one I've ever played. Yeah. So I've played them all except that one, which is funny enough. Yeah, fair enough. But to, uh, to each their video game own, yeah, correct? But, again, but, we know...
1: Video games usually don't have what you would call a great track record. Yeah, well,
0: to to quote Bobby Boucher's mom, Mrs. Boucher, or to paraphrase, I guess, uh, video game movies are the devil. So, All right. So speaking of movies, uh, so Warner Brothers essentially has decided movie theaters are for the birds. Um, They don't need movie theaters anymore. They just need HBO Max.
1: Yeah, this was. We've been talking off and on ever since you know twenty twenty. Well, March of twenty twenty. We've
0: been talking. I've been talking about well, this you've for been talking, years yeah, for a while. This is yeah. my dream. Yeah, you've been like, talking for a while. I am like I love going to movies. I love like I mean it's it's the as we've talked about before. It's the core tenant of our relationship. Like uh, it's the cornerstone memory of our relationship, <laughs> and uh. I, I, as much as I love going to the theater, this is my dream because I can still go to the theater and then come home and watch it again immediately.
1: And that was my exact thought when I was going over the list of Mm -hmm. movies, because again, we heard about a few weeks ago, Wonder Woman 1984 doing this, but now that this news that all of their 2021 slate of movies are going to be concurrently in the theaters and on HBO Max, I, I believe, for a month. It's a one-month exclusive one month window. Exclusive.
0: Um, so here's what I'm thinking. HBO Max, if you're listening, do away with your free trial. No free trials. Just be done with it. WWE got rid of their free trials uh, a while ago on the WWE app because you know you could just go in and sign up and do your free month, watch WrestleMania, um, wait until SummerSlam, go in, sign up with a different email, <laughs> watch SummerSlam. You know, it, it's just – I mean – Honestly, you could just sign up twelve different times throughout the year with twelve different emails. Gmail lets you just create an infinite number of them, um, so it wasn't even worried about like your credit card or anything like that.
1: I thought I saw that the you won't be able to watch Wonder Woman with a free trial.
0: I don't know. I don't think you should be able to watch any of these with a free trial.
1: So, I mean, if 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 it's doing that with Wonder Woman, which I'm trying to, I saw something. It was a flash when I was earlier this morning when I was looking at stuff. And if that's the case, if they're doing that with Wonder Woman, I'm assuming they're doing that because they know this is going to happen. Yeah. So they're saying, hey, we're just going to no free trials because somebody could wait till October or whenever when all these movies, if all these movies are on. Oh, well, they are doing the one month exclusive.
0: So, yeah, but that's an exclusive window to watch it. So it says here, Warner Brothers announced the news. Citing the hybrid streaming and theatrical theatrical release change as a strategic response to the impact of the ongoing global bastard, particularly in the U S all films will release on HBO max in 4k ultra HD and HDR on HBO max, which is new. The 4k, okay. it doesn't do 4k right now. Um, after one month, HBO max, the HBO max exclusive window is up. Movies will continue to run in theaters in the United States and internationally, with all customary distribution windows applying to the title, um, yeah. When's the last time a movie ran for a month? Yeah. Anyway, you were showing me something.
1: So yeah, it says this is from Variety. This was from two days ago. HBO Max ends free trial offer ahead of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yeah. So
0: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kill it. You don't need it. You're 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 introducing something that is well 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 worth a uh, a trial to get into it okay so it says here while release while release dates still could shift there are currently and they uh, <sighs> words are hard uh, that's 10 minutes in Less I, than ten six minutes. minutes in anyway um <laughs> so okay while release dates still could shift these are currently announced these are the currently announced release dates for each of the movies in the warner's 2020 slate 2021 slate uh the little things uh i'm not sure what that one is did you know about that one No Okay Um, It's January 29th 2020 January 29th Tom and Jerry Which I'm actually kind of Looking forward to Because <laughs> I love that cartoon Is March 5th um, The Many Saints of Newark Is March 12th rena- uh, remi- Reminiscence Words are hard <laughs> April 16th Godzilla versus Kong May 21st So I feel like that's the first Like big one right Yeah uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June Fourth, in the Heights, which is the Lin Manuel Miranda musical that is getting turned into a movie. Also, things that don't necessarily always have the best track record. The sure. musicals making the jump to screen, right? Um, but if they do it like Hamilton, it might be interesting. Where it was like where it's actually they recorded the the play i still haven't seen hamilton yeah anyway it's on the plus uh that one's june 18th uh space jam a new legacy starring douchey mcdouche face july 16th just everyone skip that one just skip it uh the suicide squad august 6th i think that at that point is the biggest one of the year so far Mm -hmm. so that's their 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 tentpole at this point uh, Dune is October first, which is moved up from the November November whatever timeline that they said it was going to be. King Richard is November nineteenth. The Matrix Four is December twenty second, and then to be announced are Cry Macho, Malignant, Those Who Wish Me Dead, Mortal Combat, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, uh, this is great. I, I, I'm I I think this is awesome. This is taking, this is taking. Assets and making their streaming service worthwhile. This is taking assets and saying, This is our point of differentiation. So we're recording this on the 5th. Um, by the way, happy birthday weekend. Yes. Um, so my birthday is today. Daryl's birthday is Monday. Um, you know, Mulan just came out for free on De Plus, but there's zero fanfare around it because yeah. they already blew their proverbial wad when they released it for $30 back in September or whenever October whenever that was. Um this is this is interesting. This is a a great test. And I think if this goes well, like all of a sudden the peacock becomes much more interesting with universal. Mm-hmm. Um the plus becomes much more interesting with Disney as long as they don't get too greedy. Um Netflix now has a <laughs> Has has a mountain to climb, a hill right. to climb, right? Amazon gets more interesting with 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 Prime because Amazon actually puts out some some pretty decent movies, um, so yeah, I, I think I think this is interesting. I, I'm 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 all for it. I kind of want to I want to see it. I want to see how it works. I, I want to see these movies, and you know, uh, depending on what happens with the presidential race, we may have a mandatory lockdown from a federal level. Which, if there is, desist. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if, if that's the case, like, movie theaters are never going to open back up. They'll yeah. never recover. No. Um, which means we can buy a movie theater oh. after this is all done and turn it into, like... For half pennies on the dollar. Pfft. Nope. I mean, I'll we'll be able to buy it for like an eighth of a Bitcoin. So, I mean, there's not going to be dollars anymore if yeah. that's the case. Uh, you know, get your crypto now. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I really want to see what happens with it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they say in you know football, for example, they always say football is a copycat sport, mm-hmm. in the sense that when something works, it trickles down to everyone else. Someone has to be. The first person to use it, whether it be, you know, especially if you think about West Coast offenses or, you know, the Wildcat, anything like that. And to your point about if this works for WB, how it's going to trickle down to the other streaming services, it, it's going to happen. Because uh, my first thought when, after reading this was, I wonder what Disney is going to do. Because, you know, they have a slate of movies they've pushed back as well. Most notably, for me at least, is Black Widow. And yeah. they, they, they've they seen already the train wreck they caused with Mulan, the whole Mulan thing. I won't say train wreck, but it didn't hit like they were expecting it to do, like they were hoping it to do. So if this works, yes, this does. First, this fundamentally changes everything right. about movie theaters. And... As much as I love going to movie theaters, first of all, there's going to be some movies I'm just going to support by going to the theater. So, and I
0: think what it does is it changes what movies go into theaters. Yes, exactly. So you only are gonna and this is the this is where I have the problem with it. We're only going to get the Avengers Endgame style movies yeah. in the theater, and all they're going to do is they're going to try and push like billion dollar films down our like you know we're trying to make a billion dollars with this movie, quality be damned, or the douchey Oscar picks because they have to be in the theater, mm-hmm. you know? And even then it's not going to, they're not going to be wide release. Those are only going to be in, in uh, Cal Arabia in New York. Cal <laughs> Turkey sack. a sec yeah. anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't, know. like I said, I, I think this is, this is cool. I think this is interesting. I think this is something that we, uh, we should keep our eye on. Yeah.
1: Like uh, to paraphrase Hella, Movie theaters are dead,
0: <laughs> as we know them.
1: At least, but again, things change. So we'll see how how the or how the structure changes with it. And I think it, it's beneficial to the customer. It's beneficial yeah. to us. Absolutely, absolutely beneficial to us.
0: One hundred percent. Okay, so, moving sure. on to the uh, the next bit. Uh, our our story that we keep covering that refuses to die. Um, <laughs> So Mads Mikkelsen uh, came out and had some some thoughts about taking over the role of Gellhart Grindelwald from from Jonathan Depp. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. Uh, he's got to change his name to Jonathan, so uh, that way he can still continue to get roles. Now, his IMDB will be empty, but you know he, he can start over. No, it's going to be
1: Jonathan Deep. That's
0: Deep, how he's going to pronounce it. D-E-E-P-P. <laughs> Deep. Uh, so, yeah. So, no. I like Mads Mikkelsen. I really, really I really do. like him. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with, with this because he didn't steal the role from Johnny Depp. Let's be very clear. This is something where Warner brothers has made a decision and they're moving on and whatever they're doing, what they have to do. But uh, his, his, his quotes here are, are really interesting. He was, he, he was being interviewed by EW and he, he said very humorously, they, they note and you can go watch. I think you can watch this. He said, well, it's going to be me. So or, okay, so they asked him what's the difference between the villainous the villainous character how would his version differ from Johnny Depp's? He said, "Well, the difference is it's going to be me." So that's the difference. No, this is the tricky part. We're still working it out. There has to be a bridge between what Johnny did and what I'm going to do. And at the same time, I also have to make it my own. But I all but also we have to find a few links to the previous version of the character in some bridges so it doesn't completely detach from what he's already masterfully achieved. Uh, when asked about how he felt about receiving the role under unusual circumstances, he says job-wise, it's obviously super interesting and nice. It's also a shocker that it came after what happened, which is just super sad. I wish both of them the best. These are sad circumstances. I hope both of them will be back in the saddle again soon. Um, so he's He's coming across very diplomatically. Right. Um, He's also coming across as a very nice guy. So I think this is interesting. I think Johnny Depp will be in the movie at the very beginning because he's going to have to change his appearance again. Right. And you can't, like, and maybe they do like a deep fake thing or something where they use his likeness. But I mean, they're paying him. Why not have him come on, shoot a couple scenes, do the Time Lord esque transformation, and, you know, be done with it?
1: right and and that's that's the thing i was thinking the other thing if they don't go that route what they might do is show his character from the back or something and something i i I, your idea is better just you're paying him he's not going to be in the movie in the sense of being the main character main villain give him two three four five minutes of
0: not even like yeah two minutes two minutes is all you need right
1: like that and again, it it goes with what Mickelson is saying as far as connecting the characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know from a standpoint of what's going on behind the scenes, right? But show that on sc- show anytime you can show something like that on screen, do it.
0: Well, here's the other thing, right? He was Colin Farrell in the first movie, mm-hmm. and he made the change to Johnny Dapp for the last two minutes of the second of the first movie, right? Like. Maybe that's not that's not Grindelwald's final form. That's mm-hmm. how you do it. You're like, okay, we know it's Grindelwald because he does evil shit. Right. But that's not what he looks yeah, like.
1: That, that was Cell version 2, not yeah. Perfect Cell. Yeah. For your Dragon Ball fans out there. Uh, DBZ. Uh, yeah, I don't see any Dragon Ball. Dude, I don't watch bops. anime.
0: I don't like anime. I don't watch it. I, I understand people who do, and I'm very happy people have it. <sighs> I'm very happy you love it. If this it's was, just if, not for if today me. Today wasn't your birthday. You wouldn't do anything
1: about it. I would t- anyway. I would look at you. I would give you a worse you would, side eye. You, you would than look I at me
0: right and now. you would give me a terse. <sighs> <laughs> that says so much. <laughs> <laughs> you might give me a rock. No, I would. I would the eyebrow. I would do the. <sighs> I mean, you do that to me all the time. Yeah, anyway, That's but true. That, anyway. that is so so par for the course. Yeah, you know. Anyway, but no, this, I mean, hopefully this is the last time we talk about the story yeah. this year. Um, I've had, I've, I'm kind of over it, but yeah. they kept like coming up yeah. with new and stuff. And I'm
1: so. a, I'm a big fan of Mick. I really like Mickelson. I told when we were talking about this earlier, uh, what last week or the week before I mentioned the movie Polar. It's a Netflix yeah. original, which he was in really good movie. You know, I actually liked him as Kaecilius in Dr. Strange. Yep. He didn't Same. have the, you know, the deepest
0: character as far as the writing goes. But his performance was well enough I liked. I mean, as most villains, he was rather... As, as most villains who are the red herring villain, he mm-hmm. was rather one note. So. Right. Um, but yeah. All right. So moving on to the next one. Uh, Ruin Johnson continues to be an idiot. So uh, Bounding into Comics has this amazing article um, because ruin keeps talking about the last Jedi if you want people to stop making fun of you dude stop talking about it just stop yeah. you know um, Anna the Star Wars girl have you checked out her YouTube channel I have not she's great she's part of the fandom menace um, <laughs> I love that fandom menace. anyway she, she's she got a great rant Um, I love her videos because she rants like Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers she gets real loud like he does Mm -hmm. so she's very excitable um but she has really good points and she's a lifelong star wars fan and it's pretty cool but so someone just asked silly question did ryan personally title star wars episode eight the last jedi or was that handed to him um and he says it was me had it very early on in the writing process anyway so from delaray there's um there's a star wars book that was called the last jedi that came out um during the whole the dark times with the eu when that was all that was carrying us through as star wars fans it's about a jedi named pax pavin who routinely attacked the empire using guerrilla tactics it's it's the fourth it's essentially the standalone book at like kind of the cap a trilogy um and obviously there was uh star wars number 49 was called the last jedi from marvel comics back in the day so so yeah but Anyway, the the other thing is, someone asked if he had thought about using Anakin's ghost to speak to to Luke, and this is even this is worse than the whole Last Jedi, I think. And you know, I I'm just gonna read his tweet because I I, I don't want to paraphrase this idiocy. Uh, he said briefly for the tree, uh, and someone someone called it the tree boring scene. By the way, um, briefly for the tree burning scene. But Luke's relationship was with Vader, not really Anakin, (sighs) which seemed like it would complicate things more than that moment allowed. Yoda felt like the more impactful teacher for that moment. This dude never watched Return of the Jedi. Never, ever, never. So after Darth Vader cut Luke's hand off and he found out that it was Anakin Skywalker, Luke's main mission was to save his dad. When Luke talked to Vader on the forest moon of Endor, and it was the forest moon of Endor, he was not on, anyway. (laughs) He was talking to Anakin the whole time.
1: So I had to look this up because I I wanted to get it right. And again, this is what the internet says. Uh, For, you know, the Mark Twain, we've heard this quote before. Yeah. It's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than open it and remove all doubt. Yeah. And yeah. Ryan opened his mouth.
0: Yeah. And he removed there, all doubt that he knows nothing about Star Wars. There there is a great reply. This confirms to Ryan to or I'm sorry, to Ruin Johnson. This confirms that you have no idea what Luke was doing or an understanding of the over of overall story. You have none. Luke was addressing Anakin the whole time. He was psychologically breaking him down using love and compassion. The good invader is Anakin. Yeah. Uh, This is another reply. You didn't watch Return of the Jedi, do you? The whole point of Luke's success was that he saw Anakin in that suit and not Vader. Hence why he managed to turn Anakin to the light again. And then um, sarcastically, someone posted uh, Luke's relationship was with Vader, not really Anakin. With the picture of them at the bottom of the Lambda class shuttle. Without the helmet on, because Anakin wanted to look at his kid one with, time with his own eyes, with his own eyes, with thine own eyes. Yes. Anyway, now I I, uh, I cannot stand Yoda. this guy. So
1: one, I will say this: one part of his quote or his tweet where he said he thought Yoda would be the better appearance or have the better teacher, better teacher, pe- better said teacher the in better, that better teacher. Okay, that's because Yoda did do the teaching for Luke. I can, you know. I can get with that. So,
0: but our opinion on Yoda has to change a little bit with the things we've learned over the last couple Mm -hmm. weeks in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So Yoda was a deadbeat dad, (laughs) plain and simple. Well, we don't know. I mean, Grogu was left to his own devices as a as a scant like you know four year old tadpole. I don't know. I don't don't know what he looks like at that point. (laughs) But uh, you know, Yaddle had already been done dirty and died protecting Anakin. So, you know well what, 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 like if you do Anakin in that scene mm-hmm. and it can be Hayden Christensen and I'm fine with that um if you do an Anakin Force Ghost in that scene how much more impactful is that to bring Luke back into the world mm-hmm. right cuz that's what that scene was about instead of you know and as much as I love Yoda and I love Frank Oz it was a sight gag that's all it was when he bonked him on the head with his ghost cane yeah. You know? Which, again, uh, we know
1: it was a callback from you know
0: Empire Strikes Back. Right, I get it, but it was a sight gag. Yeah. That's all it was.
1: I, and again, I, I don't want to get caught, because like, I don't have a problem with him saying that, honestly. My problem is the fact that he said
0: that... That he's never watched Star Wars yeah. before he made a... I'm going to use air quotes
1: this time, Star Wars movie. Yeah. I will say, with him saying everything else, that makes his decision talking about Yoda give him less credence, because... He was making it based on information he obviously has no idea about. Yeah. But, like, overall, the fact that he thought, oh, Luke was talking with Vader, all he had the relationship with Vader. Yeah. He completely missed
0: the whole point. Do you watch the Star Wars Theory YouTube channel? Uh, here and there. So, that guy, I, I forget his name, but the, the Star Wars Theory YouTube channel, if you guys aren't watching it, it's great. Um, he made a really excellent point. Um, so, we are unfortunately making our way to the sequel trilogies via the Mandalorian, which has been so good. But what if Luke shows up and the reason Luke went to the island wasn't because he was sad. What if he went to the island because his M count is so high? He has to stay away from the, from the empire.
1: That would make. All so star
0: Wars theory thought this up and it's like, all right, now I can buy into that. And that changes Luke Skywalker a little bit mm-hmm. um, for, for what they, what they, what they they you know gave us you know or as people like to call him jake skywalker um but at the end of the day it's like you said he just needs to stop talking about this stuff i would because i would
1: appreciate if people just stop asking him about it yeah, but they won't because it, it's it
0: gets it drives conversation. Well, I mean, it got it gets clicks. Yes, it gets us talking about yeah, it. That's you know, true. I yes. mean, we didn't have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I've so, said yeah. probably 100 times. I don't really want to talk about um, The Last Jedi anymore. Yet I keep falling into the trap. Yeah. So and here's the thing is everything about Rey and Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and The Last Jedi. I actually like I thought it was very interesting. The two the stuff of the two of them together. Mm-hmm. The Ray and Luke stuff I didn't care for. Um or I guess the Ray and Jake stuff I didn't care for but but yeah so anyway all right so moving on we're going to stick with Star Wars here for a second um there's more stuff coming out of the um that book that's coming out with the the Star Wars uh 1999 to 2005 um and it's got in there Luke's, uh, or Luke Lucas's original arc for Anakin. And it's really close to what we got, but so he had been sitting around, um, on the set of the last Jedi of yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, revenge of the Jedi. And he was talking to Larry Kasdan and Howard, uh, I don't know how to say the name. Um, but he'd been talking to some of the, the other, you know, people and, and, and he had said he, he, I, essentially, he broke it out for him. So the back story for Anakin is he began hanging out with the emperor who at that point, nobody knew was bad because he was an elected official. He was politi <laughs> he was a politician. Richard M. Nixon was his name. <laughs> oh, he subverted the Senate and finally took over and he was really evil. But he pretended to be really, a really nice guy. Luke's father gets subverted by the Emperor. He gets a little weird at home. And his wife begins to figure out things are going wrong. And she confides in Ben, who is his mentor. Like, I, you know, it, like this is great. I love the casual nature of which he's <laughs> explaining this, right? Um, on his missions through the galaxy, Anakin has been going off and doing his Jedi thing. A lot of Jedis have been getting killed. And it's because they turn their back on him and he cuts them down. I'm all in on this right now. Um, the president is turning into the emperor and Luke's mother success, suspects, uh, suspects, uh pfft, words are hard suspects that something has happened to her husband. She is pregnant. Anakin gets worse and worse. And finally Ben has to fight him and he throws him down into a volcano and Vader is all beat up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I love the casual because it Just, starts off with yeah. Luke starts hanging out yeah.
0: with Anakin starts hanging out with uh a- Anakin. So, you know yeah, oh sorry, Anakin. Like this is a little less like groomy than what we got from, you know, pedotine <laughs> um, in the prequel. Anyway, when he falls into the pit, there's hardly anything left of him. By the time the Emperor's troops fish him out of the drink. Then when Ben finds out that Vader has been fished out and is in the hands of the Empire, he's worried. He goes back to Vader's wife and explains that Anakin is the bad guy, the one killing all the Jedis. (laughs) Mrs. Skywalker has had the kids, the twins, two little babies who are six months old or so. The Skywalker line is very strong with the Force, so Ben says, I think we should protect the kids because they may be able to help us right the wrongs that your husband has created in the universe. Ben takes one and gives him to a couple out there on Tatooine, and he gets his little hideout in the hills and watches him grow. Ben can't raise Luke himself because he's a wanted man. Leia and Luke's mother go to Alderaan, and they're taken in by the king there, who is a friend of Ben's. She dies shortly thereafter, and Leia is brought up by her foster parents. She knows that her real mother died. Explains the, Mm -hmm. you know. Anyway. I think you can make I think you can make Ben take the blame for Vader. I should have given him more training. I should have sent him to Yoda, but I thought that I could be as good a teacher as Yoda. I wish that I could stop the pestilence that I've unleashed on the galaxy. His burden is that he feels responsible for everything Vader has done. This would have been perfect. This like I love it. one well one, like I said, I love just the irreverent, casual, like you know, he went to Mrs. Skywalker and said, "Hey, Mrs. Skywalker, there's something wrong with your with your guy, he's acting weird he's he's being weird, yeah. people keep dying around him. I don't know what's going on,
1: um, so when you're reading that i ha- i in my head i'm i'm re- I'm listening to it in the voice of Louise, Michael Penas Louise from Ant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then, yeah.
1: So yeah, that and again, I like what you said. Where it, it's a more fully fleshed out version than what we got. What we got were kind of the cliff notes of yeah, that. Yep. Yep. So which again, I th- I do think Re- Revenge of the Sith is the best of the tr- or prequels.
0: It's in a top it's in the it, top five for yeah. Star Wars I,
1: I I like it, but being if we would have gotten some more because there are still some holes in that movie and things that were kind of badly <laughs> highly- Anakin, you're breaking my heart. And you're breaking my heart.
0: And then the subsequent no, Darth Vader's no. <gasps> no. So when um Haley was little and we would do like practice spelling and stuff, uh I have the Star Wars app on my phone and it's got all those sounds and if she'd spell it wrong, I would press that <laughs> and she would get so mad. Like like still to this day she gets mad. Like you can ask her about it when we're done. Um or maybe I'll just play it when we walk out and she will she'll get pissed. She'll try she'll she'll try and come at me like a spider monkey across the table chip. <laughs> um but yeah. No, you're right. So I don't know. It's like I love hearing this st- I'm definitely getting that book. It's like two hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. It's like a big okay, like, I was, I expensive counted. thing. So um it's not like my nice new art of Avatar down there. But when's it supposed to be out? Um uh, next year.
1: Okay. I didn't see I it. Mean, I didn't see it. I mean, we've
0: there. only got a thousand years. Twenty six days left in the year, so well, technically in twenty twenty time that's four hundred and seventy three thousand years. Yeah. But still anyway but no I, I I think it's uh I think it's pretty cool so
1: yeah I do like that behind the scenes stuff yeah so. and I I
0: just love this I love hearing I love hearing George talk about Star Wars yeah. so um but yeah all right so the next one because we're we're getting there um Tom Cruise in space Go <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Doug Lyman's directed uh new heist movie romantic comedy lockdown um has been acquired by Warner Brothers with the intention of the picture premiering early 2021 as a Max original. Um but apparently he and Tom Cruise are gonna take off in, in the in one of the SpaceX launches. And go into space and and shoot some footage yeah I love Tom Cruise I kn- I know he's a crazy bastard Scientologist and like he may be a horrible person.
1: I don't know and he's a crazy bastard because he does all his crazy ass stunts.
0: yeah like do you think Scientology is gonna fund that through like SpaceX They're gonna be like here we're we want him to do this because you know he gets he, he gets pennies on the dollar for what he makes. Mm-hmm. We get the rest of it so <laughs> kind of like the boys. right anyway uh no this is just really short i just thought like I, i i knew this movie was coming out um but i it's got it's got like a pretty decent cast um in there but the important thing here is it's tom cruise in outer space um the other important thing here is ben stiller is in a movie with tom cruise again which that's always gold
1: I just love that. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder is great. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, it's Anne Hathaway, Chueto el Elchafour, Stephen Merchant, who I love, Lucy Boynton, Ben Kingsley, um, Duale Hill, and uh, Stephen Knight wrote the uh, the script. So, oh, and Mindy Kaling. So as as long as Mindy Kaling's in a small part, mm-hmm. she's great. Any more than like fifteen minutes of a two hour movie with Mindy Kaling is too much. Mindy Kaling. Yeah, I, I like how they did in the Office where they gave her Dude, little, little. Well, parts. I mean, part of that was she was writer and producer on the Office, mm-hmm. and she understood that stuff. Like, but she was Kelly is one of my favorite characters on the Office mm-hmm. because she is so dysfunctionally great. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm. 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 I'll, I'll definitely watch this. I like Doug. Doug Liman movies. I like Tom Cruise. I like Ben Stiller. I like Anne Hathaway. So yeah, yeah. I like Chowda 4, too. I mean, he's great. Yeah, is that how you say his name? That's how I say it. Yeah, I mean it's, I, I'm kind of pronouncing it as like Baron phonetically Mord- as I could. <laughs> uh, what what if it's so it's spelled Chuetta Ejaford, but it's really like Barry Johnson. All right, so that was just a quick one. All right, so the last bit of news bites vikings final 10 episodes are are upon us this month yes december 30th yeah uh premiering on prime in one drop yeah which surprised me dude i was i i, I had to like i was like wah, 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 like wiping out my eyes to be to make sure i read that right yeah because funny enough i just
1: postponed or yeah postpone my um youtube tv subscription just Uh, because i wasn't because again sports i'm not really whatever so i was like okay how am i gonna find vikings and then this came out i guess somebody was watching out for me because i saw the trailer maybe
0: i should stop making
1: fun of you before you eat (laughs) (laughs) so i saw the trailer first and then it was i think it was the next day wait there's a trailer yeah first like was it two days ago see the final seasons trailer i didn't even see that i missed that completely yeah i I missed and somebody was talking about it on um, a reddit thread all right i think it was a vikings subreddit or something and i cannot wait again i started watching this show when it first came out in back in the day and it's changed it's the cast and just everything about it has changed which some people stepped away after season four yeah um, but yeah, this is a final season. RIP Ragnar. Yeah. And this is one of those things we've talked about. I don't mind a show ending when they are able to say, okay, this is the end
0: so they can prepare for it. I really like shows ending. Yeah. Like, like, especially when they've had yeah. this, like when they're like, okay, we're building, this is how yeah. we want to tell this story. Like, I think the leftovers is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. The last season of the leftovers, uh, is super, it. it's super weird. But it's one of my favorite seasons. I of need television. to go back and watch that. show. anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I find this exciting. I, I don't. I, I think we'll have more to break down on this later in the year. Um, yeah, you know, we'll probably talk about this a little bit.
1: I do kind of wish they did it like they were. They're doing the Expanse, yeah, and just had it from well because
0: it's gonna overlap
1: the Expanse,
0: right? And it's like, oh, why couldn't wait till February? Yeah. <laughs> so. But hey, it's it is what it is. It's uh, it's exciting. I think I'm caught up. Like, whatever's on Amazon now is that yes. All the, okay. So yeah, so I'm all caught okay. up. So I'll be able to finish in real time. Oh
1: cool, sweet. Yeah, I didn't. So. I I thought you were still behind.
0: No, I got caught up. I got bored and like, I went back and and watched um, like the the half of the season that I had watched that I kind of like after Ragnar died. Okay. And then watched everything else that was on amazon yeah okay so but uh but yeah so i don't know good stuff it's it's coming soon we'll we'll obviously talk more about it um by the way our news bites this week is apparently brought to you by geek tyrant because (laughs) (laughs) daryl was in charge of news bites this week and that's the only site he visits apparently (laughs)
1: it it, it was a last second i said oh let me check because i hadn't checked the site in probably like two days yeah and then all this well, stuff was yeah. I like, mean, whoa. So
0: Geek Tyrants so. a great great site. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All right. So continuing with our our prep for the Expanse, which you know coming back is great. Um. We're talking about the first ladies of the Expanse this week. I know we said we were just going to talk about Bobby and um. Ah, there we go. We were going to talk about Bobby and Naomi. But I was thinking how can we leave Christian Avsolar? Ava Avsolar. Avsolar. I practiced out. that. Yeah. <laughs> um Don't ask Ava me to say Zorala. her real name. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh it's Shora Sho- uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, um do you remember her? Did you watch 24? Uh I don't I
1: think the first 2 seasons I watched.
0: So she was on the second or third season of tw- I think she was on the third. Uh, She's on one of the seasons, maybe the fourth season. But uh Her son was like tied in with the thing and like ends up dying. And she's always like yelling his name throughout the whole season. Mm -hmm. But she was great because she was like the badass mama bear, too. So, um, I, in, in honestly, like when I saw she was in this show, when, when she was in The Expanse, that was one of the other things that made me excited for it. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to break it down. Um, I figure we talk about Naomi first because she's really, she's, I mean, Naomi Nagata and Dominique Tipper, she is the first lady of The Expanse. Mm-hmm. She's one of the most important characters. She's the first, you know, main female character we meet. And she gets so much in this show. <clears throat> and she's such a huge part of the book, um, especially the the part that we're probably never going to get to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, she's, so she's the belter. And, you know, she she's grown up on poor mining ships and, and everything. And, you know, it says here growing up as a poor belt um, on poor belter mining ships um, meant that Naomi's early life was lived on a knife's edge, nearly suffocating and starving and becoming marooned were regular occurrences throughout her childhood. Self-educated with multiple advanced degrees and having risen to the rank of chief chief or, or engineer aboard the ice hauler, the Canter uh Canterbury, or they can't. Um, she appears to be a model built or success story though. She carries with her a secret pain. Um, I, the, the coolest thing about Naomi for me is she's like Shrek. She's an onion. Okay. There are so many layers to this character and you know, in the book, especially. And I think they've, they've left some of her story out, not a whole lot. Um, But Dominique Tipper has done such an amazing job with her. Um, And and, and especially with when they separated her from the rest of the Rossi uh, crew, I I felt like, I always felt like her and Amos were kind of a, a matched set, right? Like salt and pepper shakers type of a thing. Like you couldn't have one without the other. And that's kind of how it was in the first season. And then the second season, they kind of replaced Amos with Holden, and then the third season is where we really get to see her shine. Right, and I mean, we were just talking. I think the third season is the best season of the show, absolutely. Um, and mainly because of her work on the Behemoth.
1: Right, and 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 the one of the things the first two seasons, yes, we had friction between the crew, especially in, in the beginning. Be- oh, yeah. before they knew each other. Yeah, but. It's a greater friction when you have a family mm-hmm. that is together and strong and then fracture away right. than it is to have people just four, well, we're not counting Chad, but to have four people to uh, come together that you know are learning yeah. each other. Yeah. So that's why I think season three was so powerful because- And they go a step further. They learn each other, but then they love each other. Yes. And they are a family. Yeah. And that's the beauty
0: of the Rossi crew.
1: And that's why what some of the things that Naomi does hurt so much is because she is that family. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, this is my crew member that, you know, didn't tell me something. This is my family member that didn't tell me something. And it's not just something, something Mm -hmm. massive and important.
0: so spoilers, right, obviously. So, like, you know, giving the proto-molecule to Fred is one thing. But what we're about to learn about her in season five, which she let the crew, she let the rest of the guys know, a little bit at the end of the season, I'm excited to see how this plays out with her her hunt for Philip, right? Because I love that part of the book, like yeah. that, like wh- the the adventure she gets to go on on her own, like is the most cinematic thing James S A Corey has ever written in a b- series of cinematic things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm just excited. I'm 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 a huge fan of hers, um, Dominique Tipper. I I I I. There are parts of Naomi that they've 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 actually given her more agency because in early on in the books, she is you know, number two, and she is second to Jim. More often than she should have been, mm-hmm. considering like, her skill set, um, but at the same time she is the first lady of the expanse and mm-hmm. and she is she's amazing
1: yeah and one of the things that
0: and super sexy let's yeah. not oh, forget i that. love that like, like yeah
1: and she's also that north star for holden yeah because again you go back to season 1 with holden right and he you know when he's with um miller and he's mm-hmm. like i've never killed anybody right. before and then you see you know the next couple seasons where he's he's kind of gunning people down side he, by he side he he goes with off the reservation yeah but when he's going to kill, uh, going to the cell of Cortazar, mm-hmm. and Cortazar's gone, and then they have that conversation, uh, he has a conversation with Naomi, and he tells her, I was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can't do that. And he's like, what, it's okay with Miller? Yeah. When, when Miller does it? And she's like, yeah, because Miller's not, you're yeah. not Miller. Miller's
0: Miller. Yeah. <laughs> he's a douche. And, um, and he tells
1: her, yeah. he's like, you know. You know, I need you to basically keep me on that path.
0: So I love that you called her his North Star and not his moral compass because her moral compass is broken.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, You know, as a belter, OPA terrorist, she killed a whole bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And whether Um, or
1: not she purposefully did
0: that, she made it possible. So she know she knew what she was doing. mm -hmm and i i think she did not accept the consequences until much much later right which it kind of kind of
1: falls in line with season 4 um on illis mm-hmm. and the i'm forgetting her name uh who when they blew up the, oh, the landing yeah. pad you know she and and yeah, I, start with the nell yeah. um <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's one of those things and when you're working with bad people and then they take what you do and right. go another level than past what you expect, it's still on you because yeah, you know who you're working with. Yeah. Like it, it only so much you can only go so long with uh, with saying I didn't know.
0: Like Oppenheimer is yeah. you know, not to he didn't press the button, he didn't drop the bomb, but he's still responsible for all those people who died in Japan. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, plain and simple. Um you know, but he's also responsible for all the things that splitting the autumn did right. positive too. Yes. So it's like it's like a quarterback. You can't just be all goat and you can't just be all, you know Yeah,
1: it's some it's usually somewhere in between. Yeah. Yep. And so, you're
0: a whole onion comet circling yeah. back to that, that perfect example. I, I think I think I think that's the beauty of her. I mean, she's got some rotten parts to her too. Um but overall she is why Alex is the heart and soul. She is the north star for these for mm-hmm. these guys. She is she is she is where they go to write what they're doing because she has had such a different lived experience. Because mm-hmm. think about this: she's the only Belter on the crew of the Rossi. Right. Jim is two Earthers and a Martian. I mean, Jim is an Earther military. Mm-hmm. Amos is Amos, an <laughs> Earther uh, criminal. Yeah, you know, and and Alex is a a, a Martian military Martian pilot, you Mm -hmm. know, and they, they, but they're, they're out there flying around the belt, doing things for the belt.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and without her, I would hate to see what they would do. I mean, when Jim, when Jim goes crazy about the proto molecule and before she brings him back around, when she tells him, I don't like who you're becoming. That is, that is, that is a, a, a climactic part of the series that leads Jim Holden in a much different direction. And then as, as we see with the scientific accuracy of um, the show in, in, in zero G she pushed him in one direction and at the same time pushed herself off in a way that she did not intend to go mm-hmm. with the, the work on the behemoth. Right. And I love it. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's a master stroke of storytelling and character development and, you know, I don't think Dominique Tipper gets enough credit for being one of the best actresses in sci-fi. Oh, like
1: the, this—the scene where you know Holden is got it. Holden and Amos are attacked by the proto-molecule mm-hmm. monster, whatever you want to call it, Caliban. That, that's what to called, Project Caliban. Like uh, on, when yeah. they were on the roster, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that seemed- i like to call
0: him Gus, but that's just me. <laughs> All right, so. Gus. Gus is fine too. I wonder what
1: Gus. Oh no, Gus got burned up. Oh, rip, Gus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, rest in power, Gus. Rest in power. <laughs> rest in particles, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that I, nerd. <laughs> that's one of the. Same. I don't get to call people a nerd very often. So, <laughs> so that that I just watched that episode yeah. this morning, and. You know them saying their goodbyes, yeah. and just her her being able to emote mm-hmm. is just and just reach you as a viewer mm-hmm. is so powerful. And she did that all throughout. She's done that throughout. Oh yeah, the series, absolutely. But especially like you were saying, season three. You know whether it was on the Somnibus word
0: synambulist synambulist. i always thought that word was pronounced summonalabust yeah (laughs) because that's how it's spelled (laughs) and it wasn't until i watched that episode that i realized it was synambulist i was like oh oh, i've been using that i've been saying that word wrong my whole life so (laughs) from there yeah to
1: when she almost saw holden die Mm -hmm. to her work on the behemoth to her admission to the crew and what she did and trying to make up for it but also not saying I did wrong because she still believed in what she did for her, for the belters, mm-hmm. but she under, she started to understand why her family was
0: so pissed at her. Right. So, right. So, um, and I, I think the other thing too is just because she is a belter, she has a different view of what life is mm-hmm. and life is expendable to the belt. Life is, life is not this super precious thing to them. If you are if you are too side too far outside the norms of what they deem is societally correct, you're spaced.
1: Yeah. Well, well, as they said, uh, the average age earlier in the show, the average age on Earth is 120. Yeah, Mars even greater. Mm-hmm. The belt, I think it was like 68.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a bit of a disparity. It was right like there. the 1940s <laughs> life expectancies. <laughs> so, um all right, so wow, we're going long. um So moving on, let's Bobby. Uh, who is played by the beautiful Frankie Adams, hilarious Frankie Adams, crazy powerful Frankie Adams. Like, I I I love Bobby Draper. I didn't care for Bobby in the book at first. Um, and as I was, you know, I was kind of intermixed my reading with the show, and it was Frankie in season three that was like, all right, let me reevaluate Bobby here, because like, and Bobby is by no means a Mary Sue. Bobby is Bobby's a badass who comes from a badass family who was raised to be the pinnacle of Martian Marine excellence. Right. Um, I do love the saying the, um, the only thing uh, the only the second most dangerous thing in the galaxy is a UN Marine. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. and I love how that's kind of their like credo. Yeah. You know, Because they give respect. But at the same time, they know like we're where it's at. Uh, so real quick, like there's not as much about Bobby um she's first lieutenant Roberta Bobby Drake she's the toughest member of her squad and is dis, uh and is a disciplinarian when it comes to anyone acting out of line the, uh, this is the important thing she's fear fiercely na- a, a fiercely nationalistic Martian dedicated the dr- to the dream of terraforming the planet like that right there that sentence right there is really really important mm-hmm. to the journey that Bobby takes because she has drank the Martian Kool Aid. She is um, Mars Aid. Yeah,
1: and you know? and what I was what I had here is you can look at it as indoctrination in the sense of how they, you know, instill Martian pride to a. a and again, it's more than just nationalistic in the sense of you know we want our nation to be the she's best. She's
0: woke. Yeah, <laughs> she's Martian yeah. woke. <laughs>
1: they are wanting to you know basically turn a dust planet into a garden. So yeah. that and the sacrifice, something like that massive requires, it's understandable why you have to have a, a all in buy in. You know, this isn't kind of like, you know, nationalistic in the sense of what we look at today. Like if you look at America, you know, what country? No, this is, this is this looking is looking
0: into the past when yeah. like and they use this example in the show where you had these people who are building cathedrals and, mm-hmm. and things like that that were going to take a 100 years. They were never going to see it finished. Right. But they believed so much in the importance of what they were doing that they that they were going to get to see it. Mm-hmm.
1: And one of and I don't know if I thought about this on when I first started watching the show, mm-hmm. but you know doing this is I think my third, maybe fourth rewatch. I'm not yeah. sure. I I was thinking about it last night and this morning, where Bobby, you're talking about her transformation from season two to season three mm-hmm. to season four. Yeah. And again. You know I I'm, you know I'm a fanboy of Captain America mm-hmm. everybody knows that. I really saw a lot of his journey in her mm-hmm. in the sense of you know when he joins the military he has you know I know he says I don't like bullies but he is and he he can defy orders but it's all about you know doing the job for my country it's the you see some of the cracks in the Avengers yeah. and then the big crack obviously in mm-hmm. winter Soldier. And this is the same way with Bobby because again, you know that military indoctrination that Martian Winter Soldier or Civil War. Uh, Winter Soldier when okay. he finds out about Shield. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, "It's all got to go." Yeah, it's a lie. Yeah. So, so with Bobby, she finds the same thing out when first, you know, first she's like, yeah. you know, Martian pride, Martian, 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 Martian. Yeah. And and again, I'm going going back to you know my favorite reactors, Nikki and Steven react when they when she gets first introduced, they're like like Nikki, she's like. I do not like her at all.
0: You weren't supposed to.
1: Yeah, which is great. And I, I was kind of wondering, you know, because again, I'd read, I had been introduced to her in a couple books before the series. Mm-hmm. So I was really concerned and really wondering who they were going to get to play this character. And I think Frankie Adams is great choice. Oh, yeah. Great choice. So watching her come from the fact that, you know, earthers are our enemies. Earthers are our enemies. Mars first, Mars this, Mars that, to seeing, you know, some of the nasty weeds mm-hmm. under the surface right. of that. I mean, it's it and she does a great job of showing how heartbreaking it is, learning the truth.
0: Especially in season four. Yes. Especially like like Bobby's really like Bob Bobby as part of the Rossi crew in season three is awesome. Um the short story about Bobby. That she, from the the books, like the supplemental story, mm-hmm. that then becomes her arc in season four, is heartbreaking. Right. It's just heartbreaking for her, because everything she's ever believed in, she found out, is expendable. Mm-hmm. And because the, the ring gate is a thing now, is is also obsolete.
1: Yeah. And that, to spend more than half your, well, the greater part of your life Believing in this one thing, and then having the basically taken from you, and say that's never going to happen, mm-hmm. is it, in a way it kind of I kind of go in mind of how you know certain times you know soldiers that have sacrificed so much for their countries right. come home, uh, and then people give them the cold shoulder. Yeah, and and it's and again, it's not that you you do it for the attention for the accolades. But the fact that you come home from something and then, you know, you get no respect, right? You get no acknowledgement of your sacrifice. None. That has to be. I don't care who you are. That has that that hits you somewhere. That has to. Yep. And oh, yeah. that's what we see in Bobby, and you know, in season four, especially like you said, especially in season four, that culmination of figuring out all of this that I had been built to learn or uh, that I have been taught. It's never going to happen. I see the dirtiness of what's going on. Yeah. It's like, what's the point?
0: Right. Right. So cool. All right. So moving on to Christian Ava Sarala. Um, she <laughs> like I, there's no other character like her. No. In in sci-fi. There's none. Um, if this was Star Trek, she would be the villain. Um if this were star Wars, she would be a much more ineffective politician than she is. Um, She, I guess you would consider her the, uh, the deep state Mm -hmm. in the expanse. I mean, she, she essentially has her own shadow government. Um, And Aaron Wright accuses her of it when he has his own shadow, shadow government in in the second season. (laughs) Um, But she has her own shadow government going on. And she puts she puts Earth first mm-hmm. in everything like Bobby does with Mars, she puts Earth first in everything that she does. The difference between her and Bobby is one she doesn't soften on that stance, and two, she puts all human life above everything else too. So because she looks at everybody as human mm-hmm. and and not just like they're not Martians, they're not belters they're not dusters they're not skinnies they're human yeah
1: she is a less ideal idealized version of holden in that sense because holden's like mm-hmm. everybody we're just one race right and he's like why don't everybody get along well she understands that everybody's not going to get along right, right. It, she and I, again i i am the i'm kind of like holden in the sense where when people fight over things and just are, like are
0: you saying you you identify with holden yeah. Okay.
1: It in the sense of when people fight over things, it's like, are you allowed to do that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <That's> my choice. <laughs> my right. I, I didn't realize you were allowed to identify with someone like Holden.
0: So uh, <laughs> So So in that sense <laughs> Yeah, I just blew your up. See, I thought you were supposed to identify with Fred Johnson. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> but you have the same hair. Yeah. Not quite. Although I did, I really
1: liked his hair in season four. In season four, you yeah, haven't seen yeah. hair. I, I, I like that. I like how. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just like being, his an, I'm being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to that. Everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, it just gets back to something yeah. we were talking about the other day. Uh. Oh yeah it, yeah, it does. But from a like plastic man.
1: Yeah. So, but from a, like an ideological perspective with Holden, it's yeah. It, it's, it when he, when he says what he says it's one of those things that said well it, it makes sense we're all human but um but we're all human but what happens is Zarala, she looks at it that way mm-hmm. but she understands the deeper layers that it's not
0: it's not going to be that way she she's the person who understands the consequences yes and and nobody else ever thinks i think Holden thinks a little bit about consequences mm-hmm. um Later on well, in the yeah, series. Yeah, I was about to say, sometimes he's like, like a pit bull. He, <laughs> But he's he's very much a, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to say this. Like, you know, damn the torpedoes. I'm going to say this. She's a, uh, the torpedoes have been damned. This is how I'm going to stop those. Right. And at the same time, like, take it to the next level. Um, You know, I think one of the best scenes from the books um. We're about to see, on the well, we we know we're going to see it on the show with her and Amos when Amos comes mm-hmm. back to Earth and she's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "You know, keeps calling her Chrissy." Um, so I don't, I don't like, you know, it's it it's the clip is out there. You can go see it. <laughs> it it's great. Um, she she is. I feel like I don't feel like James Holden is the patriarch of the show. I would, yeah, I. She is the matriarch she's of the show. Absolutely, the matriarch. Yeah, and, and I think uh, as as they, you know, it they took their sweet time getting everyone together into season three, and now everything like goes through her, which is nice, right. um, because she's so great. My my favorite bit of her is also one of my least favorite things about the show um, was her election. Um, the reason I didn't like it is because they recast her husband Arjun and that was really t- this really of off-putting actor, right. Um, I don't remember his name. I don't really care. Um, I-, I did not like the actor that they picked. I did not like the aggressiveness with which Arjun came at her with, especially because they picked someone who looked significantly younger than her. Um, and they also picked someone who I never believed. Was on the same level as her, like he was so far beneath her, um, where the original actor playing Arjun, Brian, um, was it George? I think Brian George. Yeah, um, is like they were great. Like even though he's a a lowly professor of whatever, um, and she's the most powerful person in the galaxy, like she viewed them as equals, mm-hmm. and 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 he didn't, he did not think he was below her, right. Um, but mm-hmm. this actor that they picked was definitely below. They well, felt well, more like yeah. rivals than anything. Yeah, and I know they have the little, like, falling out bit in the book, mm-hmm. right, which leads to what happens with Arjun, but it did not feel as adversarial, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was it was a natural fight that happened between a married couple, not a, I don't know you anymore, like, who are yeah. you, you know? It, it lost any for me at least, it
1: lost any type of power and potency having that new actor in there. And it's again, the guy might be fine as an actor. He was just the wrong choice. Yeah, he was the wrong choice for the role. One, he was so. the wrong choice in how he, you know, his appearance as well as his portrayal yep. of Arjun. Yep. And it took away a lot of the development and what we see Christian go through with, as you said, you know, with her and Arjun, and
0: you know that split during the election. Yeah. So, but, you know, you have to think, is he stood by, like, this is the same guy who stood by her to go through everything that she did to out Jules Pierre Mal, to out, out Aaron Wright, to replace the secretary of the UN, you know, to get him to do what he was doing. She she goes through, so in, in both, both versions of her, she goes through so much and sacrifices so much that it, it's really... It really took they it felt like they tried to take something away from her that wasn't theirs to take away um, but at the end of the day, I mean she's just uh, uh i-shorin I, Sh- is such a great actress, yeah, like she could read the phone book and we'd be captivated
1: yeah I, and avazzaala I called her like in my notes, I said she's the iron Lady basically yeah of of the expansion. oh yeah. In the sense of She never really She's Churchill dude Yeah she and it, She's Churchill And think about it Like I'm thinking about her React Her interactions with everyone mm-hmm. She never really softens Except Again We're going back to Arjun mm-hmm. You see that Especially in season one You know one of the times in, When they're on the roof I think it was season one Might have been season two it was, it was season two Okay season two When they were on the roof You can see that Light Softer side of her But overall when That he's the
0: only one who gets
1: Yes And that's what I like about her character. Where, and we're, we're think, I'm thinking about Rorschach in um, Watchmen, where oh, he's like on. never compromise. Yeah, she has that in the way she talks to people. Mm-hmm. Now, again, she does. You know, she has the political acumen to you know change the voice. And so when she, again, yeah. when when we had uh, Bobby testifying about what she saw, right? She knew how to dig deep to let have Bobby let down her defenses mm-hmm. to admit what happened, right? but overall she still has that it's i won't say it's like a sledgehammer yeah but she is again she's that iron lady she has that iron will and it's what you need yep in her position and i like what she said to the secretary he was like why weren't why didn't you ever run this was in mm-hmm. like this season
0: she was like i like getting shit done yeah exactly <laughs> um i loved her with nick tarby um because he got her son killed on the show yeah. in the book her son died at a young age. Um, But that relationship was really, really good and special to me. Um, My actual favorite thing about her is from the book. Um, And it's about her grandkids. She has a favorite and she has one who she hates and the one who she hates, she hates because she is just like her. (laughs) And like, it is, it it, it is, it is a, it's great. It's a fantastic little bit of like nuance to this very, you know, Straightforward and forthright character Who tells you everything you want Or everything that she's thinking Yeah, she has these two grandchildren One she loves, one she hates Yeah, she treats them the exact same way mm-hmm.
1: And that's I, I, Admittedly, that's one of those things Would be hard to kinda...
0: Yeah, You can't do that in the book Because you don't have the inner monologue oh, Because right. it's like, oh, this idiot's talking again <laughs> Um, like, But it, it's just one of those things That I, I, I really, truly love And I think You know, everyone talks about Star Trek Discovery and like, oh, they're doing this and identity, this woke, this woke that the expanse does all of this without patting themselves on the back. Mm -hmm. They put these three women who are three very different characters who are, you know, uh. To to quote the quarry, strong women who don't need no man, right? N no, cause none of them do. And yeah. they pass the Bechtel test like every time because they have conversations without talking about, Oh, I'm so in love. Yeah. Um and we're not even mentioning Kamina drummer in this. Dude, like I i mean so drummer's hard because in the book she she's, she's four like four mul- different characters yes, she's from the book. Characters, right? Just like um Statlander's character. Um He's her first officer on the Behemoth. Oh, um. I don't know. We, we both had a yeah, little Brain Fart. <laughs> anyway, but no, Drum Drummer's an amazing character, but like she's not a part of the Rossi crew. She's only been on the Rossi once in the show. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just didn't I didn't think that since talking about this, like it's not that she's not an important character, but at the same time, she is, you know, she's a she's very much a supporting character to the rest of the story. Right. These three are the story.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I I was just kind of expanding yeah. upon what you were saying yeah. about you know the, the strength. But of no, you're female right. They characters. do. They,
0: they they have. I mean, they have the strongest female characters, and you know, um, Bobby Draper, uh, Frankie Adams is is Australian Samoan. You know, amazing combination. Uh, I love her accent. Uh, I love just the strength when you watch her. Like you know, she's she's just strong, mm-hmm. and not just physically, mentally. And you can tell this. Dominique Tipper is this cerebral actress who brings like she has a very hard role because she has to be Mister Scott mm-hmm. and you know uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy. And Bob Ross all at the same time, right? Because she's an art like she is a scientific artist. Right. And improv improvisation is the thing that makes Naomi so vital to any ship that she's on. And and Dominique Timber has to do this like she's been doing it her whole life. And she does, and it's great. And then, you know, um Shorin is the matriarch of the story. Mm-hmm. She is she is you know, she's not the focal point by any stretch of the imagination, but she's the fulcrum that makes everything happen. Right. So And it's Klaus Ashford. Oh Ashford, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but yeah. All right. Tragedy time. Tra- th- yeah. I mean th- there's Yeah, I mean it's so this only had like twenty two minutes of episode. And spoilers by the way. Yeah definitely spoilers so uh <laughs> uh this episode the tragedy is directed by robert rodriguez i knew he was directing an episode i didn't know which one um i thought they were going to save him for the finale but they did not uh written by john favreau came out friday december 4th pedro pascal uh, Tamara morrison returns may not returns Giancarlo Esposito finally shows back up in, in an expanded scene. Uh, scene. Uh, Gina Carano. What's up, yep. uh, <laughs> Um, And then just some other people. Anyway, so I'll just go through the summer. Oh, actually, like I have the whole thing here kind of like parsed out. But so Mando and Grogu are flying to Tython. And <laughs> I love it because he keeps saying Grogu. And he's like, what? And he laughs every time he yeah. looks at him. It's like this is what we all did. Yeah. Like, like when, when 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 it is when Ahsoka did it, when he did it, and and Grogu was like, huh? and he kept doing it and he kept laughing, right? right? So I don't know which one of the stunt doubles is in the suit for this, because like, but they did all, like their body language was great, and like you could tell like they were smiling underneath the helmet, which is very hard to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. I I thought that was great. So they go there. They're flying to Tython. Um, it had a great line. He said, "It's too small to land. We're gonna have to go the rest of the way with the windows the window. down." And it's like, oh, that is that is like the use that of is, the jetpack in this show. The jetpack pissed me off in this episode. So <laughs> that's um, funny. I said, but general the general use yeah. of the jetpack is so, great. Mando is dumb, plain and simple. So anyway, so they park the Razor Crest. They fly up to the scene stone. He puts him on there. Um and I love he's like, are you feeling anything? Do you feel it yet? You, you know, he's just like badgering him like some little kid. Um like almost like he's a cultist who's not familiar with the rest of the galaxy.
1: And doesn't know how to, you know, speak with anyone else. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: um so yeah, so they're they're there. Um he's coaxing him into it. And then who should show up? Slave one. Yes. Just in the in the so, um, my buddy Casey is a huge Boba Fett fan, and I asked, like, "Did you yelp out loud?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." So, um, I saw it, and I was like, uh. So, Boba Fett is my least favorite character in Star Wars. Yeah, he's definitely not. So there. he's in the middle of the pack for me. Now, I-, I will say, Dave Filoni seems to be on a mission to recanonize the expanded universe because the version of Boba Fett we get in this episode is very much in line with who he is in the comics and who he is in the books um, as far as who he is in the movies like the the you know the visual medium um, after this episode I was jokingly calling him the biggest Mary Sue in all of Star <laughs> Wars so because he shows up and he's all of a sudden a badass anywho so they show up um, you know Dan's like we gotta go And he turns around and Grogu has turned the scene stone on, which was kind of, I loved, I loved his little hand, the little Ohm position there. Uh, I thought that was great. And so he's like, oh, all right, well, I got to go check this out. It's like, why do you have to go check it out? You have the greatest power in all of the Star Wars galaxy. At the moment you are saying, I have to go check this out. You have the high ground. Nothing defeats high ground. Nothing. In Star Wars. It,
1: it's The only thing that will defeat it is a bombardment from space, pretty much. Um
0: uh, I think, yeah, because that's the high ground. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, and, and so he goes off, and what does he do? He does the same thing he always does. He walks into a trap. This is supposed to be one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. This is someone who we're supposed to buy, can walk into any room, and get his man creature woman whatever yet he is constantly walking into a situation where someone is pointing a gun at him and, and gets he's like, drop on him yeah and he's like oh why are you pointing a gun at me I'm so very surprised by this Din Djarin is the dumbest person in the galaxy the dumbest person in the galaxy it does
1: beg the question of and again I know how it's i know this is a show being written but if you think about that and you take it to its logical conclusion how has he survived all this time without the best car armor mind you well he had best car before well no not the total best car Rem- right, right right yeah so without that I mean, again because his best car armor there were some you know i love it was flawed yeah i love watching it in uh action in this episode yeah but yeah the guy gets
0: himself on the Every short end, he gives time. himself the short Every end of stick time. all the time. He's so dumb. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so we get we get. Uh, oh, we got we got a, a Dank ferric You know when when Grogu took the the ball from him, he was mm-hmm. like Dank Ferrick, but if, he said it like he was happy, like it was like a yeah, right. Like it, I always it, like they've used Dank ferric as like Frack, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, okay. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, so Phoenix Shand and, you know, Tamura Morrison get the drop on him. And then, of course, the Empire shows up because, again, this is supposed to be the smartest bounty hunter in the galaxy who everybody fears. Yet he still hasn't stopped to check and see if there was any kind of tracking device on his ship after some stranger worked on it. Yeah, I I
1: think if I was in that position of, I'd be a little bit more paranoid and I'd probably be every time I stopped off, I would check for, you know, bugs on my ship. Yeah, like every time,
0: every time. That, at no point would I not be doing that. Uh anyway, so you know, the Boba and 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 um, Finnick corner him and he's like i want the armor and he's like you're gonna have to peel this armor off I of mean, he's no i want my armor and you know and then he he does the thing well did you do the creed dude you just found out you're a part of a cult right. there are other mandalorians out there um
1: i will say in his defense in that he is so indoctrinated
0: we're so indoctrinated that
1: you know, even though he understands that there are others, he still has yeah. a hard time. I don't think he
0: understands. I, I still don't think he th- looks yeah. at, at 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 Bo and the Night Owls as yeah. Mandalorians.
1: Yeah, it, that's not something that again and again we're going back to what we were talking about with the expanse and Bobby being indoctrinated and and then having to work to figure out, Oh, what I was taught isn't necessarily the right thing. No. So just having one episode of Bo Katan Telling him that mm-hmm. That's not going to sink in Mm-mm. So and I did I love uh, Morrison's delivery of the line who's like I'm just a simple man in the universe I
0: mean that was great I mean like my father Before me you know it was nice that he could Do it the same way that his dad did too I mean mm-hmm. I don't I don't know who the actor was the first time But getting this guy to do it again Was like and the fact <laughs> they look so much alike Was awesome <laughs> Almost like they were clones like you know Almost like it's the same actor yeah Weird <laughs> Anywho. Um I, I will I will say um the never ending train of stormtroopers coming out of those clown car um drop ships was a little weird. It's like where are you getting seventy stormtroopers from from those little ships? That the, the yeah. ships were the same size as the I thought there the were gonna be pressed. like twelve or so that came out of each Yeah, one. it looked like it was like like, you know, um uh, like maybe, yeah, like 12, like, you know, whatever you call that, not a station or I don't know, I'm not. Never squad been or. Here. Yeah, squad. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it was down there and, you know, man, stormtroopers are bad at their jobs. <laughs> I mean, they're really bad at their jobs. How about
1: the commander telling the guy, he's like, he's like, dude, there's too much fire. Yeah. Dude, what did I say? Go. And yeah. then what happens to the guy? Go,
0: go, go. Um, I thought the frenetic filming of the stormtroopers was a little weird, like they were sped up or something, and and like I I don't know, there was something off. And I've watched it two and a half times now, and like I I went back and I watched those scenes um, when I was getting screenshots for the um, for the thumbnail, but I I don't know, it was just strange.
1: So when you mention that, first of all, and again. It's- we're, it sounds like we're nitpicking. At least personally, I
0: really, really enjoyed this episode. I liked this episode. I think this episode should have had at least seventeen more minutes in it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. So, yeah. So even though we're saying this, like it's not like we don't like it. It, like I again, we're I nitpicking really, because we yeah, love it. Yeah, I really enjoyed <laughs> it. But as far as the slowdown, it when I first caught it, it was one of the fights with uh,
0: Morrison with or. Boba Fett with the gaffy stick which was amazing. I mean that was really cool yeah but again like this dude has shown Boba Fett got beat by a blind guy in a hole in the ground um and yet here he is like just like a guy who was partially digested and came out of that hole kicking everybody's ass like he's been doing it forever Mary Sue
1: I loved it. I, I, and again, I was one of those that have read some of the, not all of them, obviously, but some of the tales from the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. books. And this is the Boba Fett that, this is Boba Fett everybody's been
0: waiting to right. See, so yeah. So this is why I say like Feloni's bringing back the expanded universe into yeah. canon because this, like, to be honest, this is the Boba Fett most of us grew up reading about, mm-hmm. and it's why Empire and Jedi made no sense. Um, when they used him as a kid in the clone wars, he was definitely more capable, but he was a wimpy little kid. Like he was just a whiny little bitch. Um, you know, so it, it, it it was, it was nice. It it was really kind of nice to see that mirrored and, and him finally get the, like to show Mm -hmm. why he, why Vader was so high on him in empire. Right. Instead of just telling us, um, yeah, the whole show don't tell. I'd be amazed yeah. to see what Filoni could do with Phasma. That's an, <laughs> yeah. The,
1: uh, again, you've talked about Phasma, the dude. Book. The
0: Phasma book was was yeah. really quite interesting. So, um, anyway, so you know they're they're here. They had a you know Finnick and and Din and, and and Boba had a had their standoff, and you know they're like, well, we'll help you. Just give me the armor, and so you know, um, but again. Does Denjar not understand how to close the door? Oh wait, hold on, no no no. Better yet. They make him they tell him to take the pack off. Right? right? So he takes the pack off. Okay, that's fine. They land, the stormtroopers land, they're going up the hill towards towards Grogu. And he does not pick the jetpack up and fly up there. Why did he run up the mountain? No idea. Dumbest man in the galaxy. The only way he became foundling is because he got into the cult version of it.
1: <laughs> they were accepting anyone. They
0: just said uh, they'll take anybody. They're like, yeah, well, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think uh, it was interesting. Uh, so, but no, he leaves the Razor Crest unlocked again. Now, why did the stormtroopers go in there and like, you know, ransack that joint? Well, pick up a free Beskar armor. right? There's some a free Mandalorian. So armor. okay, so here's the interesting thing: is In canon, they talk about Django's armor being um, the, whatever, the plasteel stuff. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Beskar. And then when Cobb Vanth wore it, it was Beskar. So now it's Beskar. And then Boba says specifically, that's my father's Mm armor. You know? They're playing fast and loose with Canon and Daryl. They're playing <laughs> fast and loose with it.
1: Well, considering <laughs> what we've gotten with the Disney Star Wars
0: movies. This is the best Disney Star Wars. Yes, like th- this, a- this app So, here's the thing. is This episode is the antithesis of what Star Wars should be. As much as, like, last week was the best episode of The Mandalorian, and not just because it had Ahsoka Tano, just because it did so much. Um, this was you know roughly 22 minutes of actual episode not counting like credits and things like that they unpacked so much in a tiny little package they actually told a really good story mm-hmm. um and i like you know boba fett is my least favorite character i've never shied away from that boba but, fett boba you know, fett bleh. I love that. Barf Fett. Barf Fett. <laughs> anyway, like I mostly meet people and I'm like, "Oh, hey." And they're like, "Oh, you like Star Wars?" Yeah, "Yeah, but I don't like Boba Fett." So, go away. And they Norma. stopped talking. And I'm to like, him. "Go away, normie." <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh that's not true. I, I accept all. Um But yeah, it it was just it was it was weird that he didn't take the jetpack because in the second he set it down, I was like, Ugh, "He's going to need this later on and he's not going to have it." And I seem to remember in the second episode that same jetpack having some remote control capabilities to get it to fly back to him. It does. So I'm running up the hill, I'm hitting my gauntlet, and I'm having the jetpack come and, like, pick me up and take me. Right?
1: Or, or... Just pick it up before you run up. Just you over. bend
0: over and pick it up. Like, as soon as, like, they all started, like, fanning out with the, the stormtroopers, you just pick it up and you put it right back on. Yeah. Anyway, so I will say, the hero shot... Of Boba Fett showing up in the armor, um, kicking all sorts of ass was a really cool visual. Um, I like the 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 sand person robes. Yeah, underneath the armor, I thought that was an especially cool look. It was a very much of like a Ronin, right, or a samurai. Like it, it definitely had like this this different look and feel to it than than the normal like kind of mandalorian thing and i thought it looked it it had a great like um you know i'm a big fan of um um face off you know the 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 hollywood Hollywood creature makeup show like it had a great silhouette right it really did it looked awesome um i liked the knee pad gun (laughs) i thought that was kind of ingenious uh but no, I I like I, I did like this episode, and I, I joked just because I don't like Boba Fett. But um, hey, did you know I didn't like Boba Fett? I've only said it like a thousand times. I did not so, know that until uh, like I, five wasn't, minutes ago. I wasn't sure <laughs> if I've ever said that to you or not. Um, so you know, they 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 get there, they're 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 doing their thing. They defeat the the stormtroopers. They take off, um, and Bo- then the tragedy happens. But well, hold on, Boba does what he does, and he messes up. Um he was aiming for the wrong one. <laughs> you know, it was a happy it was a happenstance that he was able to destroy both yeah. of them. Um but then the real tragedy of the episode happens. My favorite character died. I
1: I'm still kind of man in shock. When-
0: RIP Racer Crest. Yeah. Haslabs I want my money back. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's just like I don't, I mean, it was wow. It's like, I I didn't expect it. No. It, it was I from not. out of nowhere. It was an amazing it was an amazing cinematic shot, right? Yeah. Because they're 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 looking and then this red bolt comes from the sky. Like and you don't even see the bolt at first. It's just the shadow of it in the clouds. Or, or I guess like, you know, the the like, it's behind the clouds. And then you see the poor little Razorcrest just all alone in a field. He's just sitting there and she's like I'm just waiting for Mando and Grogu to come back and fly me into space and do what I do. Yeah, and then it's gone. Yeah. it's like Just I'm, in an instant. Like, yeah. you just don't see that coming. And, and I'm you just, know. Yeah, it's like, I'm just a ship. I'm still
1: in shock. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, just a ship in a field waiting for Mando to fly me. I, I'm just a ship gone.
0: waiting for a pilot yeah. to fly around the galaxy. That, yeah, that was very shocking to me. Now. Here's the thing, though. Is Finnick and Boba Fett are smart? Because she's like, get to the ship. Like, don't leave that on the ground where they can blow it up. Now, he gets to the ship. He flies up to see what's going on. Mando already looked up and saw it was a light cruiser. Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't he not telling them? It's an Imperial light cruiser. Right? Yeah. So Boba gets up there, and he's like, they're back. The Empire is back. Uh, And they're like, the Empire's not back. The New Republic's in control of this area. The New Republic doesn't know it, the difference between a sneeze and a wet fart i was about to say
1: yeah, they're, yeah inept but
0: that's a nice way to put it
1: right anyway i did like how the so, designs so. of these crews and what they're what they're kind of like slowly bleeding towards the disney trilogy with some of these designs well these are the same designs as was in rebels yeah so, so like but yeah so Sadly, we know what's... I won't say sadly, necessarily, but we know what's coming in the Mm -hmm. Disney trilogy, so I will be interested to see if they... Like, when you said they play fast and loose, if they make a couple creative differences, like, changes, which, again, if they did, I won't mind, because I just... Right. Like, the story and what they are doing, the world they're building with The Mm -hmm. Mandalorian and what they're going to do with these spinoff series is so captivating that if they...
0: Like, if the... So what if The Mandalorian is the Boba Fett spin-off series? <laughs> Think about it. Like, you don't need to do another Boba Fett show. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Who's the most expendable character on the show? Mandalorian. Dan Jarin. Yeah. You don't need him. Not the, really. The, the Mandalorian can be Boba. It could be Bo. It could be Sasha Banks, you know? Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh so yeah, so so Dan a couple times goes back, runs back up to the top of the hill. He got his cardio in this week. Yeah. You know, running hills is, is hard. Oh hey. That's
1: one of the tenets of uh zombie land yep. cardio. Yep,
0: cardio. Uh he tries to pull Grogu out of the force trance with the force fi- <laughs> the force force field around him. <laughs> with the force field, no pun intended. Um, and he gets knocked out. Like a little. Well, he tries it, what, three times? Three times. Like, dude. Fool me once. Yeah. Fool me twice. Yeah.
1: It's like, hey, I tried to flip that car once. Yeah. It didn't work. Fool me thrice. Yeah. I probably so I'm going to deserve- try to flip it the same way. I probably deserve the concussion yeah. I got. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so my, what I'm captivated by in that, in the whole you know force yeah. transmission scene is who's going to pick up the transmission
0: so this is interesting because tython is um a neutral force neutral planet mm-hmm. so it could be a dark side user it could be a light side user it could be a gray oh. it could be you know something we don't know about mm-hmm. it could be a usan bong who knows um <laughs> and and
1: on the, on our fantasy list of who it could be uh, you know a lot i've re- read a lot of people talking about people we know and that's like, for instance, Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. Cal cast this, which I still need to finish that game.
0: Cal would be interesting. I think Cal would confuse people more mm-hmm. than it would help. I think Sebastian Stan is not busy, so getting him to come in as a younger Luke Skywalker makes sense. It is mm-hmm. crazy how, when you see the side by side of them, to- I mean, he's a much more handsome Mark Hamill, but yeah. I mean, it's still like and, the same and, and kind of actor structure. Too, so. Uh, yeah. So. But did you ever watch um the, the Tanya I Tanya?
1: I I still haven't watched that. He's
0: Jeff Galouli and it he is amazing. He, I think he got nominated for an Oscar. Uh if he didn't, it wasn't. did And he then he's a- in this movie called The Bronze with the lady who plays Bernadette in um The Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. where they're gymnasts, like Olympic level gymnasts. Is he's awesome in that too. So
1: Yeah, he was in that um the Tom Holland movie. The Devil, that Netflix movie with Tom Holland that came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ago, I which did was it's pretty
0: good. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so I like I think Luke would be great, but I think so. Does that mean that's an issue? It's not Ezra. I think what no. it is, I no. think, I think it's a beacon to get Ezra back on the Ahsoka series, right? Mm-hmm. Because he and Thrawn are all hanging out in beyond the unknown regions with the Pergil. And, I wonder if they're hanging you know, out like
1: um, Dean and uh, Crowley were in season ten of Supernatural, just you know, chilling as drinking buddies and yeah, everything like maybe. that.
0: Maybe they're they're you know, Thrawn is like telling me about the Force, and <laughs> Ezra is like, well, you know, I mean, I learned a little bit from this blind guy, but no. like you know, I, I learned a bunch from Maul, you know, <laughs> so I I don't, I don't know which side of the Force I want to follow. Uh, no, but I, th- I think I think this is interesting. This is an interesting thing. I think it's going to be Luke um, because they're, like I said, they're going to use this with his Metaclorian count and his mighty Skywalker blood to say this is why he went into hiding. So
1: does that mean Grogu gets slaughtered by Ben Solo?
0: Mm, no, because, like, Grogu is, you know, super hideable you can just put them in a little bag and and wear them while you go around and fight gangsters. Um, so yeah, no, he's, he's the perfect Chihuahua accessory Jedi.
1: (laughs) And we did see him in action. Like, so, okay. So, so we get,
0: we get the, we get the, the, the tease from two episodes ago. We get the dark troopers. Yeah. Um, the dark troopers were awesome, even though it reminded me of Iron Man two or Iron Man three um <laughs> the, well it actually reminded me they
1: reminded me more of um the iron legion from uh avengers age of, age of ultron
0: yeah yeah
1: because they how they you know they, they you know, flew they, they, and then they landed they, they, and, yeah they um, turned and burned
0: yeah it was like way to go fabs way to you way <laughs> to reuse some uh some uh cd some cd assets there uh but no they looked great they go down of course like When Mando's like, you stay here, I'm gonna go help And then, of course, the field drops The minute he turns his back Right? Mm -hmm. Um, they get there I like little Grogu wakes up And he's like, huh? What's happening? And they grab him and they just take off So, I'm I'm really happy They didn't kill him right there Um, but they can't because they need his They need the the M count Um (laughs) I can't believe they're gonna make us like (laughs) Metaclorians I'm glad they did. They went with M count. Though. We were we were also like you know everyone was like, a Mandalorian, the the force is in us and around us. It's not a sexually transmitted disease.
1: Just look at it as an
0: X gene, I guess. Yeah, it's so. just something we all have. Some of us have more than others. So just can't get mine to work right. Yeah, oh, damn it. I got mine working right for a little bit, but then I had a setback and then I forgot. So oh. I got that concussion and it just stopped oh. working. So you kind of. So
1: drop down to like grogu levels
0: of being able yeah to use it. i'm just kind of like i can i can make a ball come to me but that's about <laughs> it uh you know so um but no so they get there um so you know the the episode ends with um you know uh boba fett and fennec saying no we're gonna help you get the kid back um and they go get uh Cara Dune.
1: yes but so. he
0: also and again i don't know if
1: he's gonna be on it but He's going to use mayfield,
0: yeah they they figure, so there's two episodes left. This season is definitely ending on a cliffhanger, a gigantic it cliffhanger. Has, it, um I think
1: it has to it one
0: hundred percent has to, and it has to end on them breaking Mayfield out like next next episode has to be planning the heist, and the episode after that has to be the heist of getting I, him out.
1: then we do a heist episode,
0: yeah <laughs> the whole thing is a heist, yeah
1: not a time heist no but, but they're like gonna go
0: heist but bang mm. you're fired <laughs> you're fired <laughs> anyway um no like they have to so they're gonna next episode they're gonna have to go get Bo katan back and be like hey we found Moff gideon we've got we've got a common enemy let's team up so is it in this case is den nick fury put together a team no boba fett is nick fury he's putting together the team yeah that, so, that makes more sense anyway actually Finnick is nick fury she's putting together the team <laughs> which is ironic because ming nao is the cavalry the cavalry yeah. so she was the cavalry in this one yeah. that scene where she was running on the boulders one, it looked like um something straight out of Star Trek. But when she was um running on the boulders and then she turned and fired. Straight Desperado. Dude, that was amazing. Yeah. That that yeah, it was desperado. But that the whole the way her silhouette with that with that sniper rifle oh, yeah. it was awesome. I love her. Yeah. Um Angel was actually like, is there anything she's ever in that she's not a badass? I'm like, no. I no. mean, she doesn't act. She's a badass. Yeah. Like that's just, <laughs> that's like, just like what's that's on our side card, like, professional yeah, badass. Yeah, like everyone talks about like Chuck Norris being in a badass, but no. Like the cold, Ming-Na Wen doesn't get a cold. The cold gets ming Win. Yeah. So, I, I love her though. But she's amazing. I, yeah. she, I've, uh, she was on, um, oh, I forget what it was called. It wasn't, was it Boston, Boston commons or something? She was on some sitcom forever ago and she was always hilarious. And then she turned out to be badass. She was really good on ER too. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on ER for a long time, but okay. So then, but the, the episode actually ends on the light cruiser. Um, and we 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 find Grogu playing with his food, <laughs> <laughs> quite sadistically he's, too. So I think okay. So well, so Grogu is just tossing these two stormtroopers around like they're ragdolls, and is having fun with it. And Moff Gideon comes in, and the other the the one stormtrooper is like, "Do you want me to kill him?" And he's like, "Put the gun down." And he just yeah. he casually lowers the guy's gun for him. Um, And he's like, give it a second. And he lets Grogu continue to beat the crap out of these two <laughs> stormtroopers to the point where he's like, all right, now it's time to step in. And he goes over and he's like feeling a little sleepy. Like Giancarlo Esposito is amazing. And and the way he just delivers these lines, he's like, are you feeling a little sleepy? Uh, yeah, I know this takes a lot out of you. You've gotten better. Yeah. Um, And he pulls out the dark saber and he fires it up. And Grogu's, like, trying to force grab the, like, not the blade, but, like, he's trying to force grab it. Right. And he's like, there's plenty of time for that. You'll push your eye out. That line. It's like, oh, Ralphie. <laughs> Grogu is Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants um, a, a late a action red. model uh, lightsaber with a with a green kyber crystal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, But, no, it was great. and And then, you know, he's like evil like you know i think i think they're going to realize the m count is the least important thing about grogu and that they can flip him to the dark side now what if grogu was never meant to be a jedi what if grogu is some sort of dark side non sith force user that becomes the bane of the outer rim for the rest of the series Talk about a swerve. Dude, how awesome would that be? That would be... And I don't think it'll happen because, again, Mickey doesn't have the stones I was about to, to, say to do that. But, dude... No, I think it would make people like Grogu even better.
1: I, I actually don't know.
0: Um, it would make me love I,
1: Grogu. I didn't think that. I, I thought of some... I kind of... At the end where he's, like, reaching for the saber. Yeah. For some reason, I thought something along those lines of like what if he did turn to the dark side right but i didn't think of it to the point of
0: being basically the big bad yeah so so anyway uh no this was a really really good episode um we've got two left i'm sad that there's only two left this uh this should be a 10 episode series mm -hmm. um no more than that just 10 and the episode should be a minimum of 44 minutes long yes of actual screen time, not right. runtime, but actual yeah, screen I time. Yeah, I actually
1: watch the credits this time around. I, I never do, and I'm like, whoa, this just keeps going. I
0: always watch the artwork, right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. But then after the artwork ends, there's another five minutes of credits because it's got every actor doing the voices in a different language in right. a country that Disney Plus is in. Yes. So. All right. Uh, we have gone very, very long. So thank you to Matt Mitchell. And Julian Brown for being patrons, we appreciate you two to no ends. Daryl especially appreciates Matt um, because of the birthday present that I got him that I, I rescued from Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that's but,
1: really cool. Really cool. You're welcome. So, yes.
0: Yeah, you just got me some some stupid toys. <laughs> eh, Three points. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Anyway, um, actually, those are five points of articulation figures. Okay. <laughs> nerd all right uh yeah so on that note we'll be back next week we've got we're not going to do i don't want to say what we are aren't going to do um we are going to do our last little expanse prepper with uh alex amos and the rossi the last three characters to talk about and then we'll have the the next episode of Actually, we won't have the next episode of The Mandalorian because Daryl's going to be in Disney World. So we're going to. Is that right? Disney yeah. World? Is that's that next the, f-
1: week. That's the Florida one? Yeah. I, I always get them confused. Yeah. So.
0: so I think so. Anyway, but regardless, we'll have an episode next week and we love you guys and girls and thanks for listening.
1: Peace out, paratnas and Sasatas. I don't
0: even know what that means. Brothers and sisters in Belter. Well, Walla. <laughs> Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com, or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Later.